we've started a brand new series. And uh, for those people who have been here before, we, you, you know that we sort of... Oops, excuse me. Uh, most of the time we, um, we sort of spend a few weeks on a, on a similar topic. This week we've, we're starting a brand new series. It's going to go for four weeks. It's called Mind the Gap. Um, and basically we're going to talk about, uh, about guardrails. And we're going to talk about um, things that prevent... Uh, us from having accidents. Now, in those in those video clips, there was four different four different roads that were featured, or four different yeah yeah road and, and a bridge. Um, can anyone tell me what? Okay, they were all dangerous. Okay, that's fairly obvious. But can anyone tell me what they saw, or probably more to the more to the point, what they didn't see? What was there a lack of? You're allowed to talk to me. Guardrails. Okay, so so in all those videos. Um, this is why we set up our little, our little props here, these little guardrail props here. Okay, in all those videos, you've got some extremely, some extremely dangerous situations, some extremely dangerous roads, uh, and there's a complete lack of any sort of safety, safety barriers, safety rails, guardrails, whatever we want to call them. To the best of my knowledge, or to the best of my recollection, I can, only, I can only remember one time where I have encountered a guardrail, like sort of up close and relatively personal, uh, and that was not long after I... It was actually when I was in Year 12, and I had my own car, and it was between my second-last exam, this is Year 12 final exams, right? It was in New South Wales. My second-last exam and my very last exam. I had about, a five, I think it was five or six days between the two exams. Now, you might, you know, I know there's a lot of teachers in the room, you're thinking, oh, Neil, that would be a great time to study, right? Wrong. Because I had five or six days, which meant, you know, I had plenty of time to go out and work and do other things other than study, and you still had a few days in the middle to study. So uh, I was living on a farm in, in western New South Wales at the time, uh, well, and I had mates who had farms. So my mate, his farm, they were harvesting wheat at the time, and so five or six days, we can get in a good three or four, four or five days solid there, uh, of harvesting, working, and, and so that's what I did uh, before my final exam. Um, when we're harvesting, for those who may, may not sort of know too much, harvesting wheat, basically when it's time to harvest wheat, you just work until you don't work, can't work any longer. And when you're harvesting wheat, um, I won't bore you with all the details, but basically you, you, once the grain's dry enough, the, heart, the header doesn't stop, all right? The harvester doesn't stop. You just keep going, keep going. And so what, that's what we do. We'd start about 8 o'clock in the morning once the dew burnt off the crop, and you'd work through till whenever the dew came in, which was sort of probably around, depends on where you live, but probably around 2 or 3 in the morning, or 1 or 2 in the morning, it, it, the dew would start making the, the, the crop a little bit tough to harvest. And so you'd, you'd work from, you'd start about 6 or 7 in the morning, you'd be out servicing the machinery, You'd get going by about 7 or 8 o'clock and you'd work through till 1 or 2 in the morning or 12, 1 in the morning, go to bed, have a couple of hours, get up and do it all over again. And that was my in-between, my last, second last and my last exam. That's what I was doing. Two days before my exam, I thought, I'd better go home and get a little bit of study, even though I was pretty smashed. And so I'm driving home. It was about an hour between where I was working and, and, my, and my home. And I was driving home after I finished work, which was at 1 or 2 in the morning, so now it's like 2 or 3 in the morning. And I'm driving home and... At the time, I didn't attribute this to, to A, only being 18 and had not had my licence for very long, or B, being fatigued. I just thought it was bad luck, but maybe there was a little bit more to it than that. But I was driving home, and I was, there was this Tina section, and I was driving along the straight, and there's a Tina section like this, and just after the Tina section, there's a, a bridge, like a short little, humpy little bridge, like short little bridge. And, and here on this Tina section, uh, 
came in like this and then you went over the bridge. And as I was driving along this T intersection, um, going, going home, a truck was coming, coming to meet the T intersection. It was a road train, a grain train, uh, a road train, and it was, um, it was coming in really quick. And, and I was like, I was like, you know, two or three in the morning, there's no traffic around much at all, and all of a sudden this truck, you know, lights, whatever's coming in like flat out, and I'm just thinking, mate, this guy's a road train, he's not going to, he's not, he's not stopping for me. And so I've sort of, I've sort of just like looked at him and sort of moved over, veered over to the left a little bit, and when I looked up, there's this guardrail pretty much where my front of my bonnet is, and I'm just thinking, that's not a good thing. And, and, and I, well... In all honesty, I don't know how, I don't know if I reacted or someone reacted or had some angelic thing going on there because all of a sudden I was swerved and, and I seemingly missed this guardrail that I saw sort of sitting right in front of my, in front of my bonnet. And the good and bad about that was I hit the rail, I hit the guardrail. However, all it was was a scratch that started in from the front of my door, the front of the front door, all the way down to the rear guard and I polished most of it out except about that much. So that's how close I got to the guardrail. But you're starting to think, you know, what if that guardrail wasn't there? What if, I, what if, there was no, what if it was like that bridge that we saw on this video where there's no guardrail like, and it was at night and all that sort of stuff? And I would have just, you know, done like some, um, you know, stunt driver or whatever, just done this big jump and buried myself into the creek, um, found, you know, three days later or something, you know, that's sort of, that's sort of what would happen. So guardrails. What, what are guardrails? I've got a definition of a guardrail. I'm going to throw that up there. Thanks to, thanks to Wiki up there. We love Wiki. Uh, I thought I'd just go straight to some reliable sources. A system designed to keep people and vehicles from straying into... In, sorry. A system designed to keep people and vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. Definition of a guardrail. A system designed to keep people and vehicles from straying dangerous or off-limit areas. Okay, so the thing about a guardrail is that a guardrail is not put necessarily like in the danger zone itself. Right? A guardrail is actually put like where it's, it's sort of already safe, but there's this gap, and that's what we call this series, it's Mind the Gap. There's a gap between the guardrail and what is dangerous on the other side. So there's, this, there's always this, this, this room for error. And I guess the principle behind a guardrail is that if, if, your vehicle hit, if your car hit the guardrail, you're going to do less damage, although you might do some damage, but you're going to do less damage than if you actually had, of, had no rail there at all and, and gone completely off the edge. Um, that first little clip up there of that road in Bolivia, often to refer to as death road or dangerous road, most dangerous road in the world, um, they say 200 to 250 people die on that road every year. Like, it, there's just there's zero room for error. And clearly they've got some pretty pretty amazing, um, phenomenal people who drive that, drive that track and, and clearly not all of them make it, which is pretty unfortunate, pretty sad. A guardrail. What is a guardrail? So a guardrail stops you from veering onto the wrong course. Where do we find guardrails? Where do we find guardrails? Or, 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 or safety rails? Or Give us some feedback. Where do we, obviously, we find them on the road. Where else do we find guardrails? Building sites, okay, so safety barriers, guardrails, building sites, that's cool. Anywhere else? Bridges? Absolutely, bridges, definitely. Balconies, all right, so, yep, anywhere else? Boats? Yep, 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 round boats, yep. 
Absolutely, or like stop you falling into the drink, all that sort of stuff, clearly. Okay, so anywhere where there's a, there's a man of danger, and if, um, you know, if we got technical, you'd say, you know, like on a building site or whatever, you know, if you've got a platform over a certain amount of height, then you need a guardrail or some sort of barrier, safety barrier to stop you falling off. Like anywhere where there's danger on the other side, we often, we often find guardrails. Um, so they're all over the place. Now, quite often we don't even realise they're there. And quite often, like, no one really cares about a guardrail until, until it's hit, and then you realise, wow, I'm really fortunate that you see that, well, that there was a guardrail in place. It's like you're driving down the highway, you're driving down the Bruce Highway, and every now and then you'll see, you know, damaged guardrail sign up ahead, and, and someone's cleaned up the guardrail. And the first thing that comes to mind is, like, why would you, like, who, who could, you know, who was dumb enough to hit a, you know, a guardrail in a straight line, but anyway. But obviously hitting the guardrails messed someone up and, and has wrecked their day and, it, you know, and you see the cars might be spun around, but you know, hopefully not, nothing too serious has happened. If the guardrail hadn't have been there, of course, and they went on to the, you know, veered off on the right-hand side of the road and crossed the medium strip, all of a sudden they're facing three lanes of traffic coming at them in the other direction doing 100 k's an hour, which is not pretty at all. So a guardrail's there to keep us safe. A guardrail is there to, uh, to lessen the impact. So this, this, this series, we're going we're to talk about guardrails, not from a, not from a, you know, a traffic management system or, a, or that sort of a perspective, but, but more a personal perspective, more a, a spiritual perspective, and having guardrails in our life that make a difference for us. Having a gap mind the gap we're calling is having a gap between the danger and the safety because quite often and you think about this quite often what we do is let's say we're on the edge of edge of something dangerous quite often what we like to do is we always like to to stand right on the edge in fact, you know, like we try and, you know, we stick our toes over the edge and, and we say, well, no, no, we don't want to get into danger, but we, we, just, we just like to, to, just to hang or to loiter like right out on the edge. I don't know if anyone's ever been there, but think about this for a little while. Think maybe, think maybe financially. Think, all right, how can I, how can I, how can I spend more money? How can I get more money that I can actually spend? like I can live right on the edge and people borrow more than they can afford people borrow you know how many times have you heard of someone and, and a, no one here at all is um, not pointing the finger at anyone here at all but I, I have had friends who, who buy cars who purchase cars like and, you know on loan uh, borrow money to buy cars might have the car for five years and at the end of that five year period they still owe more money than they can actually sell the car for to me it doesn't really make sense. Like to me, like you know, you why, like that's sort of the, I guess sometimes maybe the trap, that sort of thing, or or relationally, sometimes we like to sort of sit sit out right on the edge of of like, well, you know, like I'm not really doing anything wrong, but are we real close to danger? Are we real close to like, you know, like because what happens if we're right here on the edge? And if, you, and if you're spending life on the edge, and sometimes, you know, the old saying, you know, if you're not on the edge, you're taking up too much space, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, think about this for a little bit. If that's your attitude, if you're standing right on the edge of danger, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're right near the point of, you know, utter failure, what happens when you trip over? 
What happens when things don't quite go the way that you'd planned? All of a sudden you find yourself over the edge. Whereas if there's a guardrail in place and you take two or three steps back from that danger point, tripping over still hurts, but if you bump up, a guard, up against a guardrail or if you've got a little bit of a buffer, if there's a gap in between, and all of a sudden you don't find yourself in, in, in a place of devastation. I'm going to go, there's another definition of a guardrail we're going to run with uh, in this next series when we're talking about mind the gap, when we're talking about that gap in between. So here's a new definition. Here's a personal definition. So we're going to bring this into a, I guess, like I said before, a spiritual setting. Okay, so here's, the, here's our definition. Here's our new definition. Okay, so the first one was all about, you know, helping people and cars to be safe. So here we're going to go now. It's going to be a personal standard of practice that's become a matter of conscience. Now, that's a, that's a bit of a mouthful, I, I grant you that. A personal standard of practice that has become a matter of conscience. So we are going to talk about, over this next little while, a personal standard, so something for you. Now, what your guardrail may be may not be the person, may not necessarily have to be the same as the person's next, to, next door to you. May not be the same as your partner's, may not be the same as your children's, or the children's might not be the same as yours if you've got kids. Or if you're a young person, like if you're in year 10 or 12 or something, like what guardrail you might need to put in place may not be the same as the person beside you. Let's think about this. I'll, we're talking about talking about students now, okay, right? <laughs> Love students. All right, let's talk, because I was such a good one. Um, clearly, working during my, anyway. Um, have you ever gone, have you ever procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated until it's the night before your test, your, you know, your assessment, or it's the night before your assignment's due, and, and you're thinking, you know, and you're like, You've been putting it off, you've been putting it off, you've been putting it off because you, you're just getting closer and closer to that edge. You're getting closer and closer to going, no, no, well, I'm still okay, I'm still okay, I've got, I've got, all, night, I've got all tonight to make this happen. I've got all, night, all tonight to, make the, you know, to study and to do this assignment. What you're really doing is you're putting yourself right, beside, right up to the close next, to, you know, right up beside the dangerous edge. And all that has to happen is something to go wrong just a little bit or your favourite TV show to come on, or something like that, right? And all of a sudden you find yourself over in danger, over in no man's land. You're like, oh no, this is not going to plan now, I'm out of control. All right, so, so that's the sort of thing I'm talking, can you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand where we're going with this? That's the sort of thing we're talking about. And it could be, like I said, all sorts of things. It could be morality, it could be, uh, it could be financial, it could be social, could, you know, your relationships, whatever it is, whatever thing in your life. We're talking about the principle of putting guardrails, of putting personal standards of practice, that is, that is the things that you do, okay, personal standards, really practical, the things that you do uh, that has become a matter of conscience. So, so what happens is something in your head, you can set up something in your mind that says, you know, when I step across that line, I don't want to be falling off the edge, I want to be a couple of steps back so that when I get there, I'm not going to get hurt. Let's talk about it again in that study sense. Okay, you got an assignment due on Friday? Let's say you make the guardrail Tuesday. I'm going to try and do it Tuesday. I want to get this out of the way so I can get, you know, work on it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, hand it in a day or two early. You understand what I'm saying? That's, that's the guardrail. That's, what we, that's, just a, that's just a little example, okay? Um, but that's what we're talking about. So we're actually talking about personal stuff that goes on in our life that we can... Personal guardrails, personal things that we can put in place, little markers, so that when we cross that marker, when we cross that boundary... 
alarms go off and red flags go up and it says, hang on a minute, we're entering into dangerous territory. Yep, we haven't fallen over, we haven't crossed over, we haven't broken any bones yet, but we're, crossed out, but, but we're getting real close. Maybe I need to take a few steps back. Maybe we need to reconsider what's going on here. Maybe we need to, to, uh, to change things over a bit. Okay, so that's, that's where we're going. So to do that, I'm going to go to... Uh, I'm going to go to Ephesians chapter 15. Now, if you have a Bible with you, open up the Bible. If not, it's going to be up here on the screen. Um, and here is, here we have Paul, who, for those who may not know, Paul was basically, um, he was this, he lived just after, or during the life, during the time of Christ, just after his ministry picked up, after Jesus was around. And he, he basically cut loose. He went all over the place telling people about how wonderful Jesus was, how, how amazing this whole plan of redemption, this whole plan that, you know, what Jesus actually wants us people in heaven with him, and, and he's given us a way to be able to do that. So Paul goes around all different places. Now, in his, in his travels, uh, and, it, and, and as he goes about his business, he, he ends up writing this letter to the people of Ephesus. Now, Ephesus, just to fill you in about Ephesus... Ephesus was a place that was um, really low on, the, I guess, on the morality side of things. Uh, you think that you know today's culture, all that sort of stuff, we're all pretty, use the word loose. Um, you know, things, you know, people do whatever they want and whenever they want with whoever they want, all that sort of stuff. Well, picture this: Ephesus even built into their religious system this same immorality that is experienced out in the wider culture. Like, so they're actually, they're actually probably a fair bit more immoral uh, than, than even you know, popular society and popular culture is today here in Australia. So, so Paul starts to talk against some of this stuff. He says, you know what, it's just, it's just not right. It's not what God wants for you. And he's writing to the church. So he's writing to the believers of Jesus Christ. He's writing to those people and he says, you know what, this is not, this is not really what we want. This is not how God wants us to operate. This is like... This is you need to you need to stay you know stay clean stay pure like clean yourselves up a little bit um, and so he's writing these letters he's talking about how they should be like Christ and they should abstain from all this stuff um, and then he goes on and this is where we're going to pick it up and he gives us here Paul gives us a bit of an example of exactly what we're talking about he didn't call them guardrails all right but he talks about this same principle of you know what take a step back. Take a couple of steps back away from that danger zone. And the reason for it is not because God not because God wants us to like not because God's the fun police and he doesn't want us to enjoy life. God knows. God understands that we always get real close to the edge, and when we're real close to the edge, we so often trip up. And when we do trip up, the consequences are devastating. He's going, I don't want that for you. I don't want I don't want my people to be like that. I want my people to enjoy life and be content with life and live happy lives and look when bad stuff happens that it's not like so out of control uh, that they can't recover. Alright. And this is what he says. So this, that, that's the setting to where we're going today. So Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says this. It's up on the screen. It says, be very careful then how you live. Okay, so the first statement he says, okay, he's talking about all this bad stuff he says that's going on in their culture. So he says, and then he goes, you can read it before like, uh, if you want to go back and read it yourself, that's cool. You can understand where I'm coming from the context a little bit. Um, but he says, because of all that stuff, he says, be very careful then how you live. 
Now, you want a literal translation for those who are unsure. The Bible wasn't written in English. Okay, back in the day, it was actually written in Greek. But the literal Greek translation, um, it, it says, take heed, walk carefully. Um, or be very, very careful where you tread. Be very careful where you, where you step. Um, when, when, you, when you're doing life, when you're living life, think about it. Don't just, don't just do it. Don't just run along. It's actually, this literal translation is circumspectly. Like, just think about what you're doing. Think about where you're going. Be very careful about where you tread. Be very careful about how you do life. And he says, not as unwise, but as wise. Now, quite often, you might think, well, who's wise and who's not wise? Quite often, when we, if we ever ask the question, you know, what, what is the wise thing for me to do here? Not just what can I get away with. Not, not, it's, like, you know, it's, like driving, it's like driving down a road. And, and I don't know, if you've got a, you know, a relatively late model car, quite often, not every car, but quite often a lot of cars have like a, a speed alert you know, on the dashboard. You can dial up, right, if it's 100k an hour speed limit, you can dial up 100k's and if you hit 100k an hour, a little alarm goes off and you go, oh, I'm doing 100k an hour, I better, you know, I better not go any faster or whatever. Or, or you might dial it into 102 just to give you that bit of a buffer to, um, you know, and then when it goes off, you think, oh, I'm going too fast. Anyone's got a car like that? Anyone's got a, that function and you rarely use it, right? Yep, okay. Um, but, but quite often cars, later model cars have that. And, and, it's, and it's something that it's, it's there and then, but I don't know if you've ever done this, and maybe I have been guilty of this. It's a 100k an hour zone, and so you think, well, if I dial it up to about 109, like, and that way you're just under the, like, you know, like, say, so you try, like, you're living right on the edge, right? You're trying to, you're trying to get as much over the line as you possibly can without getting caught or being hurt or whatever you think. Do you understand what I'm saying? Quite often we, we try and just get as much out of it. We just say, oh, no, 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 because it's just that little bit better. I'm going to arrive at school, you know, 30 seconds earlier than I would have if I gave that extra few K an hour. But here, but here, what Paul's saying, he says, live as the wise, not as unwise. He says, because quite often we already know. We already know what wise is and what unwise is. Quite often we, it's already, if we asked ourselves, what's the wise thing to do here? What's the, what's the wise thing we should be taking on? Often that answer is pretty obvious. Be very careful then how you live, not as the unwise but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because these days are evil. He's saying you need, to, you need to be real careful, he said, because there's a whole heap of bad stuff going out there. You need to be real careful because you, you need to make the most out of every chance to get at life. Okay, don't, you don't want to trip over. You don't want to crash and burn. You want to make the most out of life. And he goes on, he gives us a little example. Okay, uh, and this next example is just, is just one thing, but it's an example of what... He says, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Same thing, wise, foolish. If you're not wise, you're a fool, all that sort of stuff. Understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk, and here's the example, ready? Verse 18. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Okay, anyone know what debauchery means? Didn't think so. Um, neither did I, really. Debauchery basically means, okay, uh, it just means to take things to the excess. And whatever, whatever that might be, whether it's um, greed, whether it's money, whether it's lust, whether it's whatever he's saying, don't, don't go there. But he's, like I said, he's giving this little example about getting drunk. He says, he says, don't get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He's saying, don't, 
don't cross that line. Why even go there? Why even, why even, why even drink? Why even try and get drunk when you know that the very, you know, getting drunk, this is the example, leads to a complete, um, completely relaxing your standards. And now I'm not here to necessarily, I'm not here today to talk about alcohol as such, right? I'm giving you an example um, on putting guardrails in our life. He says, don't, don't even, don't even go there. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, which leads to like completely, you know, losing your, your morals or whatever it might be. He said, don't even go there. Instead, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled up with God. What is it for you? What is it, what is it for you that something in your life that you actually go, you know what? I reckon my life could do with a guardrail. Here's another way of thinking about this. Think about, I want every single person here, think about this. Think about what is something in your life that you've regretted doing? A regret. Something that you wished you'd never done or that you wished you never went through, you wished had never, never, had never ever happened. What's one thing in your life, think about it for yourself, what's one thing in your life that you, that you wished you'd never actually had to go through or been through because of the decisions that you've made. Once you've got that, think about this. Once you've got that thing in your head, think, what would have happened if I had to put some guardrails in my life, if I had to put some conscious barriers down in my, in my own personal life regarding this issue? How may that have been different? I'll use a financial example again. Paul used alcohol. I'll use finance. If anyone here has ever struggled financially or found themselves in debt, don't know if you ever had, don't necessarily care as in like right now, but, but like if you ever found yourself, you know, like so up to the eyeballs in debt, you know, you have some people find themselves, they, you know, they take out home loans, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they take out car loans and then on top of that they take out credit cards and then they have store, in-store credit stuff and all of a sudden they're just like playing off credit um, agencies trying to pay for everything and realise that they're trying to reach this standard of living which they just cannot support for themselves. That's the sort of thing I'm talking about. All of a sudden in their own personal life they're out of control, they've tripped over. And if that has ever happened to you, or you might know somebody that's happened to, what would have happened in that, in that instant if there had been some guardrails that put in place where they've gone, you know what, this is a problem for me. It might not be a problem for everybody, but for me it's a problem, so I'm going to cut my credit card up. I'm not saying, I've got a credit card, I'm not saying it's a problem for everyone, but, but if that's, that's the thing that you're dealing with, what would happen if you put a, a mental barrier in place so that when you knew that when you, you were bumping up, you were... You were coming up against that guardrail that you went, whoa, hang on, I'm going too close. So what I want to try and do here is make this, I guess we try and make the Bible as practical as we possibly can because I truly believe that it has some really good advice for us to live life. And that Jesus, you know, came and died so that we can have life, so that we can actually enjoy life, that we can actually, we can, you know, be, live life right now. And you think about that thing that you regretted and you think, what would, it, what would have happened if I had have put those guardrails in place? And even think about this, what would have I missed out on if I had have put that guardrail on, in place? And most probably the thing that you miss out on is, is, is not a lot at all. 
and I'll bring it back to our students. Sorry to pick on your students, but like, let's talk about let's talk about studying, or let's talk like something like that. What if I say, okay, I'm going to try and get my assignment in early, and I'm going to work on it for the, for the three nights prior to, um, and that's my that's the thing that I'm going, I'm not going to leave it to the last minute again. This is probably a bit of self-talk for Neil Redmond, but I'm not going to leave it to the last minute. What do you really miss out on? Probably not a lot at all. In fact, very, very little. But what happens if you actually do trip over? What happens if you do fall over the edge? Then there's big consequences. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that making sense? And so this, this next few weeks, we're going to talk maybe a bit more about some different specifics of, of these areas of life um, that we believe can really help us, like I said, put these mental guardrails in, in, in place so that we can be, like as Paul said, so that, you know, fill our lives with the Spirit. We can make this Christian walk practical. This, this Christian walk can actually and can help improve our life, that we can, live, um, we can live our life not looking back and going, I wish I never, or I wish I should have, or I wish I could have. If only I had have changed that, and I only had made that different. But we can actually go, you know what? God has something in store for us so powerful, that, so great that he, just, he wants us to just be so content and to live life and live it to the full and not be worried about what's happening over the other side and so we're going we're to look over uh, I guess this is sort of the introductory side of things but we're going to over the next few weeks start to look at some more examples and how we can actually put that in place and, and the advice that the Bible gives them in various parts of scripture um, to, to, help us, uh, to help us make this happen so if you're keen come back next week hope you, do, hope you can make it um, and we will, we will pursue this a little bit before. But before we go, let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so very much uh, for the, the advice, the wisdom that you have. Uh, Lord, as we said, you know, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to this world that, that, we, might, um, that we might have life. And, and not just life, you know, one day in heaven type life. That's, that's, that's so great and so awesome and and appreciated but also life here right now and you know life to the full having life that just is just so fantastic and all when things don't go quite right lord that we might be able to um not crash and burn but yeah we'll trip over but we'll be able to dust ourselves off and and again keep walking with you uh, in this journey thanks lord thank you for the people that refresh uh thank you that they can be part of our our community our refresh community and and uh, just love spending time with you and them and look forward to doing that again next week. Amen. Thanks, Neil. Um, just a few announcements before we get going. First of all, thank you for coming. Um, as we said, it's back to normal next week. We're